Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very tall leader from the software business in the US, Mr. Tan Murthy. Tan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, Tan is the Executive Vice President of Infosys Limited, He's the head of delivery operations for US, Canada, and Latin America. He has also been the global head for education, training, and assessments. So Tan, before we get into the software business, I want to start by asking you, tell me about the key professional decisions that influenced your career. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your program. Delighted to be here. Um, let me also start by saying that everything I say is my personal opinion and nothing to do with what Infosys thinks about it. So um, having said that, yeah, I mean, I've had uh, the good fortune to be in the IT industry, the best of its times so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. and, and I've had a few things that have happened along the way. Um, you know, as I look back on my career in this industry, I think uh, there were a few decisions that did change the course of my journey. Mm -hmm. The first one was my decision to move from working on what used to be called systems programming in the early uh, 80s okay. uh, to application programming. Mm -hmm. While I enjoyed the intellectual challenge of working on compilers and operating systems, mm -hmm. I felt a void in not being able to work with customers. Mm -hmm. And so when Windows 3.0 was released, um, many people may or may not remember those times, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I made a shift into applications development, okay. which has uh, changed my trajectory. Mm. The second was the decision to relocate to India from the US in 2000, though it was 2001 by the time I moved. This was a time when most people wanted to come to the US, Correct. but given how the outsourcing industry in India started to grow from that time, mm. I was lucky to move to the center of the action. Mm. I was actually pleasantly surprised when this move resulted in more interactions with clients than less, mm. as I had feared, because now I could meet clients for an extended period of time at our campus versus the brief interactions that were possible at their offices in the US. Right. And the third was the decision to move from business mm. to head the education research group at Infosys in the mid 2000, largely due to a passion for people development. Okay. move into corporate functions at that time mm. later gave me the opportunity to become the group head of HR for Infosys and mm. of course being an experience that I have been able to leverage to operationalize the localization strategy of Infosys wow. and I think in all of these instances I've been lucky mm. that the moves did pay off and I've had managers who supported mm. my decision. Well I think you're being very very modest but what an amazing career you've had uh, Tan and just for our viewers and listeners um, how many people does uh, Infosys employ? You know, we had our results yesterday, 292,000 today. Um, when I joined, we were about 7,000 people. Wow. And uh, I should have mentioned uh, right up front, congratulations on your incredible results. Yeah, and no, no, that's been great. That's been yeah, great I think absolutely. Great. So let's now talk about the software uh, business a little bit, Dan. You know, the, the software business in India really took off from 1999 onwards in what used to be then called Y2K, if I remember correctly. But what were some of your key challenges as you made Infosys into a global powerhouse? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, having joined Infosys uh, 
at a time when uh, we were less than half a billion dollars in annual revenue. Uh, and now, like you said, yesterday's results, we did $4.2 billion in a quarter. Right? And what that has helped uh, give me is an opportunity to get a near ringside view of mm -hmm. this growth. That to me has been a result of the strong value systems and the foundations laid mm. by the founders. Mm. Powered by intellect, driven by values, captures the essence of the ethos that Infosys that has made this possible. Amazing. Of course, any transformation comes with its challenges. And I think during the early days, it was about convincing clients about the value proposition. Mm -hmm. Those days, conversations with prospects had to start with a map of the world to show mm. where India was before yes. the discussion could even move towards Infosys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but from there, ensuring that in every instance, we delivered more than what the client expected has mm. been key to earning mm. client trust in their business. Mm. A relentless focus on quality, putting in place appropriate systems and processes to scale. Mm -hmm. And above all, I think recruiting the right talent with a focus on constantly upgrading their skills have mm. all been key to the growth of Infosys. And, you know, I'm sure your stint in HR had a very large amount of to, to do with the training and recruitment of the right people. So, uh, you know, the, the focus on learning actually, where, mm. where I started my journey into the corporate functions with education, mm. um, the uh, Infosys focus on that is very evident from the massive investment in the global mm. education center in Mysore, where we can train over 14,000 people. Mm. And, and you know, it was a great opportunity to be part of that yeah. uh, transition where mm. we used to train about 4,000 people to scale it up to the 14,000 plus that uh, we then got to do. And so that, that, that was a uh, big transition because scale to us comes from having the right competent people and training is an element that makes people competent. So the focus on learning still continues with this online platform that we have now rolled out. Uh, luckily, we rolled it out before the pandemic, which helps the entire global employee base to acquire relevant skills. Mm -hmm. And now an US education center is also ready for us to train both employees and clients mm -hmm. um, in, in the region. So all of those contribute to the critical growth for the company. Incredible. So, you know, I've often wondered what goes into building a global company like Infosys? And when I say global, I mean, you might be present in almost every, every country of the world. What goes into building such a global company and how do you manage culture? Hmm. Great question. I think the, um, and of course, today we are in, I think, 46 countries, but hmm. there are a lot of uh, companies out of India now that are global, which is a great thing. Hmm. Uh, while client focus and constant innovation to stay relevant are important for any company, I think a sharp and relentless focus on earning the trust of the stakeholders becomes even more critical when, you're, when your starting point is not a developed country. Mm. And I think the focus at Infosys on good corporate governance and transparency have uh, all been very critical in that journey. For example, Infosys was the first Indian company to be listed on NASDAQ. Mm. Infosys has won several awards over the years for corporate governance. Wow. Mm. And equally important has been the focus on client success in mm. creating a brand that every stakeholder feels proud to be associated with. Mm. So to me, I think the relentless focus on excellence and to be the best in whether it is the campus or a client deliverable is critical mm. 
to mm. ensure that global recognition fascinating so one of the questions that is often asked uh, about indian uh, software or tech companies is that they have relied very largely in the early days on sending people and getting the people arbitrage if i can use that term uh, now of course you're beginning to see products coming out of uh, software companies my question to you is that when will this become like a huge wave of products and higher value added products coming out of our indian software companies i think the contribution of the indian companies mm -hmm. um, sometimes becomes understated because a lot of it is looked at from the uh, arbitrage perspective like you said mm -hmm. but i think while that perhaps was a starting point things have moved from cost to quality and a long time ago actually it's more on the total cost for an organization mm -hmm. the second is really a critical element which is about filling the competence gap that exists for any company to grow whether it is a um, you know healthcare company or a software product company so the companies from india have contributed significantly to that though mm -hmm. i think it gets dwarfed by how the numbers get played out mm -hmm. having said that i'll also say that there have been products i mean finical from infosys that are used by global banks is an example of that mm -hmm. um, but the time now is to move from um, you know both in my mind services and products to more and more platforms mm -hmm. because and i think india is very well prepared to be a leader in this area right the experience of providing a platform for large populations uh, whether in the education retail healthcare or payments mm. all have the potential to position india as the dominant provider of platforms in the future wow that that's an amazing perspective you've given me today you know, that you know the move is towards platforms and india is well positioned to deliver large platforms wonderful so you know one of the other things that i have also seen with the most companies and i guess this would apply to tech companies as well that when you are scaling up you need a certain set of skills which i'm sure you know the infosys founders had but when you are a global player for a half billion dollars a quarter you need a very very different set of skills and yet a lot of the old leadership is still running infosys what is the kind of retraining that a lot of uh, the top leadership has been through i think um, the critical success comes from agility and the speed at which you respond to stay relevant mm. i think that is at the core because um, you know while for any knowledge industry competence is critical mm -hmm. um, if you don't use that in the context of what the client is looking to do mm -hmm. um, there's only so much you can get out of it mm -hmm. and therefore the pace at which um, for example infosys has brought in the relevant products in the early days we moved from um, while y2k was a scale builder infosys was very clear that we are not going to depend Uh, a large part of our business exclusively on Y2K, mm. right? Uh, going into whether it was client server or internet, and now digital and cloud, mm. and and doing it at the pace at which the clients wanted is what has kept Infosys at the forefront as uh, and today a digital transformation partner for uh, clients. Fantastic, and uh, one of the challenges uh, that I've seen with a lot of large tech companies is that. 
once you become so large bureaucracy tends to come in and every day there are these very nimble startup tech companies which are beginning to snap at your heels how is infosys managing to stay small within a large environment yeah and i think the 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 same thing about a bias towards action with speed mm-hmm. um i think is the you know single most important thing in my mind to make that happen uh, it is also about being inclusive and creating a diverse workforce mm-hmm. um, so that you can get perspectives um, you know for example our localization journey in the us has been about what do you need to do for the local markets from a talent perspective mm-hmm. uh and therefore having your um year to the ground getting the pulse of what is required uh, while create, keeping the culture of the organization mm-hmm. but still adapting to the needs um is, is perhaps the thing that helps mm-hmm. uh, infosys and large companies to move uh, fast and respond Uh, while you know you would still have the need to put in systems and processes to make things consistent when you can't get away from it um and there is a role for those but you can't let them uh, drive uh, your response interesting so moving on uh, a large amount of the software business from my limited understanding is always done at the site of the customer with this pandemic and work from home if you were to build a new team uh, of people what are the kind of people you would try and onboard yeah so um, on, on the part of course the pandemic has clearly demonstrated that the location of work is not as critical anymore uh, it busted the myth that everybody had to come into the office and be there on a certain time but i think if we look at talent to me um, you know i always used in my mind what i call a a triple a model which is ability attitude and alignment mm-hmm. because the ability part comes from the competence and a willingness to learn mm-hmm. attitude is about wanting to work with teams and making a difference to clients and the grit to meet commitments and while alignment is about bringing passion to work because of a match mm. between individual purpose and organizational goals so that's how i have always looked at talent and i think it's more relevant now than ever before absolutely so before i move to uh, your uh, role as the hr head i've got to ask you one more question and uh, i'm going to give myself the liberty of being a little parochial uh, you are an, an indian top leader in america most or all the tech companies in america are led by indians what is it that is there in the education or the gene pool or the dna of indians that are making them leaders in every major tech company of the world i don't know that it is uh, uh, completely indian to uh, to the reason for the success so you know if you look at a successful ceo mm. um, to me there are two or three traits that are very very important okay because the success of a company mm. um, c- comes from its people its products and its performance okay if you take those three elements that are required to be successful mm. uh, then you know for a 
CEO to be uh, the one that leads it, the individual will have to know all three parts of an organization. Mm -hmm. And that comes from uh, part of it from the ability to change, but part of it also from the tenure in the organization. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a lot of the CEOs today who are successful, I think you will find that they have been with the organization for a period of time that has helped them understand the culture. Okay. And, and, and the, you know, as the number of people of Indian origin mm. in uh, corporate America increases, I think there is probably an increase in the number of CEOs of Indian origin as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think it is all of those characteristics that makes that difference. Okay, thank you. So, uh, Tan, I'm now going to move to uh, your, your role when you were the HR head of Infosys. Uh, I want to understand from you, what are the challenges in managing tech leaders? You know, if you look at uh, people, uh, especially those, and when you talk of tech, a uh, lot of them come with the deep expertise in their areas of domain. Mm -hmm. which makes them very passionate about their area of work. And uh, they're very focused on bringing that competence to work. Okay. And therefore, the impact they make to organizations is very significant. Mm -hmm. What some of these experts can benefit from, in my view, is understanding the value of empathy and being able to widen their network more through influence. So, so creating an ecosystem of coaching Mm -hmm. can go a long way in increasing the effectiveness of strong tech leaders. And I think it's also about surrounding people with those with a diverse perspective. Because mm. um, that is what I think opens up minds okay. and helps people contribute significantly. Mm. And my next question is on culture. You know, you, as you mentioned, you're working in 46 countries. You must have got uh, probably that many nationalities or maybe more working for oh, Infosys. More, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you uh, manage across so many different cultures? Uh, I think the uh, key there is about recognizing that everybody has earned a right to be where they have reached by their work and therefore trusting people in their roles, mm -hmm. which is very essential for us to ensure that we build an inclusive culture in a very diverse world. Mm. And equally important to me is the need to spend time understanding mm. the context of an individual. Mm -hmm. So listen first to be understood has to be the approach. Mm -hmm. So to me, trust and empathy are the key ingredients of success uh, and making an uh, you know, environment that is inclusive where even the most feeble voice has a platform to be heard. Wonderful. Uh, my next question is on aspirations. You know, you have uh, seen over three decades of uh, tech leaders, tech gurus, and worked with all of them. Over the years, how have you seen aspirations evolve or change? You know, I think at the core of it, everybody wants to contribute and wants to succeed. Okay. Now, this translates the basic human need for recognition and rewards, which has not changed. Correct. However, what perhaps has changed is the pace at which different generations expect to be recognized or rewarded. Mm -hmm. You know, while somebody from an earlier generation could wait four to five years for a promotion, mm -hmm. today's generation may want it in one or two years. 
And partly this has been fueled by the pace at which business is changing and partly by the sense of urgency that is felt by the workforce of today. Uh, but if you are able to address the core human needs, uh, I think we can tap into the potential of people uh, much more. Fascinating. So I'm going to now move to uh, another segment of our conversation, which is on valuation. You know, I was talking to some of these large industrial family owners where they were very, very asset heavy organizations, uh, you know, invested in factories and plants and land, et cetera, et cetera. And along come a group of young, young people who have something in tech uh, that they have found and their valuation shoots up into multiple billions. You, as an organization, are sitting in between. You are tech. Uh, you've got huge uh, revenues. You've got huge value valuations. And yet, uh, the small organizations which have not even made profit are beginning to come close to your valuations. I'd like to understand from you as a leader, what is it that should drive value? Profits or stock markets? I think if you look at the purpose of an organization, mm. it, the role it has to play goes beyond profit. I mean, it starts with a purpose. Um, it has to be a profit with a purpose. Correct. But there is a larger role of addressing to me today, corporates perhaps are in a better position or companies are in a mm -hmm. better position to address the inequities in the world mm -hmm. uh, because governments can only do so much. Mm -hmm. So if you look at that aspect, um, I think the value of an organization has to be on what it is doing for all stakeholders and not one. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, and I think your point about how do these valuations come about uh, because for the smaller organizations, a lot of it comes from the VCs, while the stock market is the one who are evaluating the larger mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. Now, the VCs have a unique perspective of that company mm -hmm. right? uh, that others don't know. While, and, and to the extent that that data that they have is uh, unbiased mm -hmm. and is used to value the company from, for everything they can do, I think that's fair. Stock markets, on the other hand, have multitudes of information, right? Mm -hmm. What the company is saying, what they are, their stakeholders are saying, what analysts are saying, mm -hmm. all of which goes into evaluating. Mm -hmm. So uh, both have their own methodologies, but I think at the end of the day, corporates will be judged by the longevity and what they're doing to all stakeholders, not one. Very well said. So I've done two more questions, Dan, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you these two questions, which are called personal questions for someone who's been there, done that sitting at right at the apex of a tech business in the U S as you look back at life and from where you stand today, what does success mean to them? You know, to me, success is very simple. It's about mm -hmm. having a good night's sleep, not feeling guilty about what I did or did not do during the day. Mm -hmm. And it's also about constantly looking for ways to bring a smile on somebody's face. And that's all it is to me. Fascinating. And my last question to you, uh, who or what inspires you? 
you know, the human potential to achieve what we dream mm. and the opportunity to make a difference is really what inspired me. If you look around the number of people, irrespective of their backgrounds, what they do to make a difference to humanity around. I think that is the potential that we have with uh, innovations in technology. The human potential is so much more amplified. So to me, what inspires me is how do we use all of this to constantly make a difference to the world around us? Amazing. Then on that note, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me about your journey, about the incredible uh, achievements you've had as a part of Infosys in the US, coming back to India, leading the entire HR business, going back into the US, building an organization like Infosys into such a powerful organization there. Uh, thank you for talking to me about some of your values and the values of your organization. And finally, thank you for talking to me about what two simple words mean to you, success and uh, what inspires you. Thank you again and good luck. Ashutosh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been very kind. Um, you know, success of organizations comes from teams. So I've been very blessed to have been part of an organization joined perhaps at the right time um, and the opportunity to uh, do what I've been able to do. But thank you. Thank you for what you do. Um, I think bringing together messages from the world at large I think can make a difference to those that listen. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.